0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Casa de Spurs podcast. I am your host, um, Stephen Hale, Alfonso Del the Hailstone, whatever you want to go by that. And I am joined by my new guy here, uh, Mr. Daniel Sandoval. Danny, dude, thanks for jumping on, man.
1: It is my pleasure. Thank you for the invite, and I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I feel bad for you right now because you got some big shoes to fill, man. Trace and I have been doing this podcast for a minute. I do I know, have
1: very big shoes. I,
0: I know that you have been a friend of the podcast. You've been on a few times. Um, so whenever Trace, um, who's moving to Germany, of all places, we were like, hey, we need a, I need a guy here. I need somebody that can step in and fill some big shoes. You're the first guy that came into my mind. I was like, let's make this happen. So um, I'm, I'm glad you're here, bro. I'm
1: honored. I'm honored that you would ask me to join you. I'm honored that you would, uh, that you would uh, extend that invite to me. I do have some very big shoes to fill, uh, yeah. with trace. I'm not going to lie. There really is no replacing trace. He's, he has traded in his doge coin for Deutsch now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to the moon. uh, yeah, to the moon. Well, I mean, gosh, what happened today? That's what I don't want to talk about that. But, yeah, I know me <laughs> them. but, um, I'm excited. I think we're going to make this, uh, a heck of a show and I'm looking forward to it. And I know the rest of Spurs Twitter is looking forward to it also, so let's do it.
0: Now here's the funny part, is you and I have actually never met in person except for like, did we meet at, at? at, uh, so here's here's the the quick story for any of our (laughs) listeners. Me and your brother, your brother and I were roommates at Bible college, like, gosh, that would have been 2008, so 13 years ago. A
1: lifetime ago, yeah. A
0: lifetime ago, and I thought at the time, your brother Chris, I was like, this is this this guy's my Spurs fan. And then lo and behold, Chris had another brother, you, who was a bigger Spurs fan. And so we literally found ourselves on found each other like on uh, on Spurs Twitter and we played in fantasy football yeah. leagues together. But um yeah. I think that's kind of funny, kind of a small world how we all got here. So
1: it is um, a small world, yeah. So we so have anyways, my brother to thank for our for our for our uh for our meeting. So that's right. Thank you that's Chris right
0: thank you, Chris. Cash, whatever, who's talking about comic books yeah. or something like We forget uh, him. Oh,
1: yeah, Lost in Comics. Go follow that one, I guess, All right, Lost if you're in the comics. comics. Yeah.
0: So um, <laughs> let's talk – this is the house of the Spurs. This is the Spurs house. So let's talk about these Spurs. Um, they are currently the 10th place Spurs, um, mm. sitting at 28 and 28. As of right now, they would have a play-in game against the Golden State Warriors who – um, should they should this should the Spurs even find themselves in that situation? Their prize for being the 10th seed is getting to play um, Steph Curry, who is currently going bananas across the NBA at the moment. Um, yeah. They've had a pretty rough two weeks, although they did uh, excuse me, although they did have uh, two nice wins over the last um, couple days here. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess we would maybe pause on calling them nice wins. They had two wins. Um, but they're back at 500 right now. They still have a pretty tough schedule ahead. So I just want to get your quick thoughts here. What have you seen in the last couple of weeks? Um, Trace and I have, uh, we, the last podcast we had was about two weeks ago. So let's just cover that. What have you seen over the last couple of weeks that you've liked or not liked from the San Antonio Spurs team?
1: There's been a whole lot that I've not liked. I think I've made that quite, quite mm-hmm. evident on, on Twitter. Uh, I think uh, anyone who follows me knows that. Um, I was actually at the game on on Friday night against the Blazers. Uh, that was the first game I've been to this year. Uh, it was really weird because they obviously have a limited capacity. And um, I think there was maybe about four or 5,000 fans. Really hard to get up and get excited. Uh, obviously the game was exciting, especially the last minute or so. Uh, I really thought they had that game won in the third quarter, whenever they're up 16, especially without Dame uh, and without... Uh, I think they were without somebody else too. I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting at the moment. I'm drawing a blank. But we were good. I mean, we we were we were we were rolling in third quarter, everything was good, but uh just like we've had this frustration all all year with Pop and his mysterious rotations, there's no Devin. Uh obviously Ugh. no Luca for the Luca fans out there, but no Devin, which yeah. is for me the big one. And the eleventh pick in the draft. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but uh, yeah, that 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 was obviously very frustrating. So yeah, there's a lot I have not liked, and what we just came off of the longest homestand we've had in the franchise's history of nine games. We won a whopping two games. That's unacceptable. I think that the fans uh, are gnashing teeth and and chomping at the bit, wanting that to 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 stir up some change, but really it's just the same old thing. And I think as long as Pops there, uh, that's what we're going to have. And right now, we're very mediocre. And the team is what it is. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a young team. And uh, I think they're still just learning their way. But I think if you and I had our druthers, we'd have a lot more of DeJounte, Derek, Devin, yeah. Keldon, and the young guys.
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't have any problem with losing. Losing has not been the issue. Yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah. I I, that's one thing I do agree with Popovich about is like the ball's either going to go in or it's not like, there's nothing, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, I have way more issues in the way that we're losing. I think, I think I I coined this phrase earlier, like this is the softest tank job ever. Like it's like, you're not rolling out Rudy Gay and Patty Mills for 30 plus minutes a night while sitting, you know, while sitting Lucas Shamanich, however you feel about him, but Devin Vassell, Dude, these guys are just collecting dust on the bench um, like that's a that's a tank job but I want to go back to something uh, to a point that you just made I thought it was kind of interesting is like uh, we're kind of like we kind of we don't deserve this like that that whole line like I I go back and forth on that because we are a gluttonous franchise, right? We've, we've been the product of a lot of success that other fan bases have have not had the luxury of. And here we are like last year being like the, the weird transition year, like what are they doing? The Spurs should have had a plan in place by now. And it should have been a pretty obvious plan in place. But what we see right now is a team that is, I mean, I don't know about you. I think that they're trying to make the playoffs. I think that's the concerning part. Is oh, absolutely. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're trying yeah, to make the sure playoffs. And it's like, why did you guys assemble this team if you're trying to make the playoffs?
1: That's the sad part, yeah. But that's the thing, though. I think, I think that if they played the young guys, we might have a better chance of making the playoffs. I think it's, it's the right. same old rotation of playing Rudy too much. And you know what? I love Rudy. Great guy. You can tell that the young guys love him. Great locker room guy. You can tell that he really just, I mean, he, he, he's good for morale. I think he called Devin uh, his son the other day. That was funny. But, I mean, Sounds just, I mean, he does—he—he he goes into Rudy mode of 2010 whenever he still thinks he's the the, yeah. the, the 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 prime option for the Grizzlies, and that's not him anymore. That's yeah, not was, that's what we need.
0: It was kind of weird watching the Trailblazers the other night because there was a good three minutes of basketball where it was – Rudy Gay on one end and Carmelo on the mm-hmm. other end. And I was like, <laughs> yes, please yes. take me out of 2009. Yeah. I've had yeah. 2009. Um, yes, so, yeah, that's they, a good one. They, I think it's important to, like, you have to have veterans on the team. It, nobody, yeah. uh, there are some people that say no vets, which I did a poll uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago. And there were people that was actually like, no, we need to get rid of all the vets. No, you need to keep vets, but it's what vets they are and how much they're playing, especially in a, I mean, it's essentially a rebuilding year. Anything that they get is going to be gravy and icing on the cake, but I just cannot figure out um, how we're seeing so many of these minutes in these close games and then losing these close games. It, it's baffling to me.
1: I'm dumbfounded and I know, um, Oh gosh, I, I forget the the username now. Uh, I think Doc Holliday. I think he's a really big Rudy Gay fan. I'm going to go ahead and call him out right now. He has, a copious amount of Rudy stats that I think are a little troubling because he has like these just these this inane inane stats where it it talks about the the average wins we have whenever Rudy plays so many minutes. You know what? Yeah, I mean, play the young guys. That's all I have to say because at the end of the day, those are the guys that are going to be here two, four, five years down the line. Yeah, the Mars is going to be here. Find out. Rudy's not going <laughs> to be here. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean. But they're the ones that we need. Those are the guys that are going to lead us uh, in the future. Start developing them now.
0: Right. So um, I want to talk a little bit about this. Now, I I think two things can be true here. I think you can say Greg Popovich is, I mean, in my personal opinion, he's the greatest coach of all time. That's my personal belief. There are some that would say Red Mm -hmm. Arbach. There was some that would say Pat Riley, Phil Jackson. The the point is he's in the conversation of probably a top five coach at all time at minimum. Yeah. That said every dog has their day in the sun. It can also Mm -hmm. be true that Greg Popovich has run his race. And I think it's really bizarre to see him in his waning years and say that a coach of his caliber is going, yeah, I just want to develop guys. Like, I just wanted to, I I don't care about winning a title. I just want to develop guys. Like, really, you came here to develop guys. Well, why? And what for? And where are we seeing that development? Like, is your idea of development here, Devin Vassell and Luka Shamanich, I want you guys to sit here on the bench with a pen and paper and take notes and watch what Rudy Gay and Patty Mills does so that you can (laughs) learn from them because this is your development. Like, I... I simultaneously love him and he drives me nuts at the same time. I'm, I'm not advocating for firing him. Unfortunately, you just have to let him run his course. But what do you do with him?
1: And you said that the last podcast too, and and, and I like the way you put that as far as running his race, right? Because it is, it it's a rat race out there. And I think uh, being an NBA coach is hard. And I think the coaches will tell you that. And the fact that I think that an, an average uh, span for an NBA coach is what, like three years? I think we've had some guys yeah. uh, in the league maybe one, two, three years. Poor guy in Houston. Um, I'm totally just forgetting his name Steven right Silas. now. Steven Silas. Steven Silas. longtime yeah. Mavericks uh, assistant. Finally gets his opportunity and then Beard goes and pulls what he pulls. I mean, I, mean I, I hope they give him another chance. But I, I wanted to touch on that real quick because on, on Friday whenever I was at the game, I was watching just, of course, for me, I like watching the game of course, but I also like watching the, the bench interaction because that, for me, yeah. is, is almost language. like a game within a game. Yeah. yeah, so so I saw something very interesting at one point, and we know Pop, right? I mean, long-time Spurs fans know what Pop used to be like back whenever he gave Tony Parker the business back in the day. I mean, he was on his ass every day. I mean, yeah. like, unlike any other. And that's that's almost the fiery, just fire and brimstone pop that I want to see again. But what that was pop like 20 years ago. And just like in anything, right? We all mellow out as we age, we all mellow out, we kind of just start to let things ride it right out and pass that maybe things that we didn't whenever we're younger. And that's kind of at the stage where he's at now. What he's 75, 76? He's, He's 70 old. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in his 70s. He's older. And now he's grandfather encouraging pop because this is a perfect example. Yeah. Lonnie Walker made a mistake on Friday on the defensive end. And rather than the chewing him out, barking, he went up to Lonnie, he encouraged him. He started massaging his shoulders, you know, that little, that little, that little uh, Joe Biden massage, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> shoulder massage he, he was giving. So he started doing that with Lonnie. And, and, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's interesting because that's not the pop. I mean, yeah. I guarantee you, Tony would have stories about sure. how Pop used to write him so bad back in the day. Right. That's not Pop anymore. That's not Pop anymore. And as much as I want to see that again, that's just not him. It's, and it's I think an that's either. part of it. So yeah.
0: the the weird part about this is like, there's like um, an underlying narrative that exists. Uh, it's definitely on Spurs Twitter and I'm sure it exists yeah. in other realms too, but... It's this automatic assumption that Becky Hammond is going to get the job. And I'm not here to discuss the merits. I hope so. I'm not not here to discuss the merits on whether Mm -hmm. or not she deserves it or doesn't deserve it or what. But the point is, is if she's following Gregory Popovich, um, she's going to have big shoes to fill. And I just don't feel like, I, I don't know that Popovich is setting her up for success right now. Because what we have is, if that is going to be Becky, where does she come into all this? I mean, are, are, is, she, is she following this guy and just going, okay, I'm going to do the same thing Popovich was doing, or is she just going to completely shift and there's going to be this whole different personality. And now she's going to be like, Hey Patty, I know you were playing 33 minutes a game, but now you're going to play 16 minutes a game. Um, these are the players I want. Like there's, there's so much that goes into like the next chapter of the coaching mm-hmm. of the San Antonio Spurs, but we can't even get to the next chapter until Popovich closes his chapter. And like you just said, we're not getting the old fire and brimstone, you know, chew you out, Greg Popovich, that suddenly turns a little French point guard into a hall of fame point guard. And you know me, I don't like Tony Parker and I'm still admitting that. Um, (laughs) I love you, Tony. Uh, But Popovich made that out of him and we're not even getting that anymore. We're getting the, hey, it's all right, man, it's okay. But also, Devin sit there and Lucas sit there and Lonnie, now you're going to be a jump shooter. Like, it's just, there's so many weird parts of his development that of like his development phase of coaching. I just don't know if that's something that Popovich is very good at. Like he's probably better at coaching title contenders than he is rebuilding teams.
1: You know? Yeah. And, 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 and here's, here's, here's the bottom line. I mean, and you know it, I know it, everyone out there in Spurs Twitter world knows it. the big three, that was coach pop. That was, that was, I mean, they, they, they covered all warts, right? I mean, it's very easy to coach a team whenever you have Tim, Tony, and Manu, all hall of fame players that, I mean, they, in crunch time, you knew, you knew who the ball was going to. And, and I think all of us knew that we're very confident, Hey, we were gonna execute at the very end of the game. It's very easy to sit back and you know say, of course, that Pop is the greatest coach of all time whenever you have those players to rely on. And I'm not taking anything away from him because you know what? I think X's and O's, there's probably better coaches, mm-hmm. but Pop was the best at being able to manage personalities and manage expectations and just manage people. I think that's yeah. that's really his strongest suit is the way he was able to manage people, manage, manage the players, And everybody around him that's why everybody loves him that's why there's that pop pop tree out there now because he's been able to nurture and build up so many other coaches under him to where everyone loves him because of that we hear all the stories about the family dinners and leaving carrot cake at tim's door and everything else that's pop that's 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 the pop that we know and love it's just that now we don't have any hall of famers on this team i mean granted i don't think demar is going to be a hall of famer at the end of of his career there's no hall of famers anymore. We need hall of famers. We need talent. We're outclassed every game now. Damn. And yeah, it, it's, the, the game's kind of flown, him, flown by him.
0: And and but, the other the other weird part about that is all of what you said is true. We, we very well might not have a hall of famer on the current San Antonio Spurs roster. And we very, we, we all know that the Spurs don't have enough talent on their roster to win games. I mean, the, there's a thing going on right now with the San Antonio Spurs that, teams are resting their players against the Spurs and they're still yeah, I've beating, noticed, and they're still beating the yeah. brakes off the Spurs. And that's kind of, that's very concerning. Of course, then the Spurs will go out and just randomly beat a, you know, a Phoenix Suns team at full strength, which then you're like, what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> but in the middle of yeah. it, we, we have seen some growth and just here in our last like 10 minutes or so, we've seen some growth from this roster. Um, I do think that Devin Vassell is going to be a player. Um, I think he's got some, some real talent to him. How, b- the problem is, is we haven't seen enough of Devin to really judge uh, how good of a player he's going to be. He still lacks for opportunity.
1: Um, That's the problem right there. Like, like what, what you just said right now, you could have just stopped right there. The problem is we haven't seen Devin. Yeah. We, should, we, we need to see more of Devin. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem.
0: We need to see more of him. Um, I actually have really come to like Lonnie Walker as the super sub in the six man role. I mean, I think give me yes,
1: give me more Lonnie Love. Give me Lonnie Love. Yeah, I'm gonna give
0: you. I'm gonna give you a little bit here. Um, He's clearly talented, but the truth is, he needs the ball in his hand. I hate that they've turned him into a a spot up shooter. Um, We've seen. I mean, Drew Eubanks is good grief for for a third string center who started off on a two way contract. Like Drew's overperformed. I think that we've seen. I think we've seen some improvement of the DeJounte, Derek White backcourt. That still has a long way to go, though, to being an elite backcourt. But, but you know, they're still young. Um, and the other interesting thing that I've seen is I've seen a little bit of growth in DeMar DeRozan that a lot of people might not talk about. And I don't want to get into should the Spurs re-sign him or not. But I do think that there's been a part where DeMar has had to – he's had to play a different role than he's ever played before. He's clearly, the like, the number one offensive option, especially since Lamarcus left. And you've had to see him, you know, take over a little bit more. But you've seen him do, like there's – he's got more, like, touch passes in his game. And he's got more, like, thinking to the next play in his game um, that he didn't have in the previous years. Maybe he's being more comfortable, but I also think he's aging – gracefully a little bit so i guess just all around like it's weird because you've seen like a development from the spurs but you also see them in tense place sitting at 28 and 28 but i just want to know real quick what's kind of been your most enjoyable thing this year that you've seen like developmental wise or something that stood out where you're like hey i really like this or i want to see more of this obviously lonnie a little bit more Devin, but who else you know um
1: I think, I think some so, someone that we really did not see coming out of the gates the way he did and has maybe maybe kind of slept off a little bit the last week or two, maybe three, Keldon, right? I mean, whenever we, we drafted him last year, he was kind of a little bit of an afterthought uh, because he was that throw-in pick with the Kawhi trade. Uh, obviously developed in Austin. We know how we feel about that. Um, really had a strong bubble performance, right? But didn't really know what was going to happen after that.
0: Breakout I remember button. that opening.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely breakout bubble. That first game I remember he came out against Memphis this year and he scored, I mean, at will, right? I mean, he was aggressive, he was strong, yeah. he was dominant. He went to the basket with I mean, just reckless abandon, right? That's 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 the Kelden we know and love now. Um and I think I want to say like for the next 3 or 4 games, he was the player that scored our first points every game. And he he's been the most just ferocious Uh, just tenacious player that we kind of need to see that attitude. And I think I've even said uh, on Twitter before, and I've talked to some other guys, if Lonnie had that kind of ferociousness and tenacity and that just that single mindedness, he'd be an animal. I mean, he would be an all-star now today. Uh, But I mean, we all kind of have our own personalities, but uh, I've liked Keldon's development. I've liked Lonnie's development. Of course, I've always been a big Lonnie fan. Uh, Derek, I think he's finally come around. I, I, you know what? I mean, it, Thankfully, he's been healthy the last, what, uh, two or three weeks? Yeah. I mean, he's just had a string of bad luck as far as his health. If it's not the tooth, if it's not his foot, if it's not his toe, if it's not whatever. He's mono, bro. He is. He, he is mono 2.0. He's El Contusian 2.0. <laughs> and 2.0. It, and it's nice that he, he's been able to establish a rhythm again. I think he's definitely our best all-around player as far as being able to facilitate, drive, shoot, all the things, right? So I've loved that about him. I just want to see more of it. I, yeah. I want to see more of the youth, the young guys out there playing. And you know what, win or lose, win or lose. That's who I want to see out there. Right. Because at the end of the day, those are the guys that are going to be there, be here at the end of the day. DeMar, I, I don't think he's going to be here past this year. So I want yeah. to see our young guys out there.
0: So I still do. Um, and I still do want to see him. And that's where you and I can disagree. But I, I do want to say if, if you're right that DeMar is not going to be here, then I think that it would behoove the San Antonio Spurs to start putting the ball in other players' hands at the end of games, especially as they're a 10 seed. They're going to be fighting for every game. They need every game, they should be playing hard every game. So I thought it was interesting a couple of weeks ago. You know, DeMar hit the game winner the other night. Um, which good for him. I, I mean, I was happy for him. I mm-hmm. think it was, uh, you know, he lost his dad about 10 days prior to that. So good for him in yeah. a lot of different ways. But as we are entering, against the Mavericks, we all love being the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah I love, yeah. I'm always happy to do that. But as we're wrapping up the season, we're coming in towards the home stretch here. Now's the time where you have to start thinking about that. If DeMar is really going to help this team with a playoff push, then it would be good business practices to try and Get a return on your investment and be like, hey, you're coming back, right? Because we wasted all this player development, you know, by putting you in there. Otherwise, if you feel like there's people out there that are like, DeMar's definitely not going to come back, then I think you have to start doing some things at the end of games and going, DeMar, you're not coming back? Grab a seat. Uh, Lonnie, this last shot's yours. Uh, Derek White, close the game out for us. Uh, DeJounte, putting the ball into your hands, but we're still not seeing that yet. And that's what makes me think like, mm, we might see DeMar again in a San Antonio Spurs uniform.
1: We might very well do that. And, and, and it's funny, I, I kind of sparked a little bit ago. I think you were suggesting something along the lines of the front office, having some type of plan that, that uh, maybe <laughs> they should have a return on investment. That's funny. Um, <laughs> we all know how we feel about big dreams. Uh, the GM. Yeah, those are big dreams. That's the, Those are high aspirations for this uh, front office right now. But here's the thing. I think that the hope is that he comes back. I think within the organization, they probably want to have him back. Maybe not. Definitely not at a max yeah. contract. I think they want to probably talk to him and say, hey, you know what? We could probably do some things differently here. We could probably maybe add some pieces if you take a reduced cut in pay. Uh, at, at his age, he's probably not going to do that, and I don't blame him. I mean, he's probably going to be on his – penultimate contract and that's second to last for those, uh, for, the, for those people out there. So yeah, you, that's the word of the day, right? So um, probably not going to take a pay cut and let's face it. He's probably going to want to go back home. There's where there's smoke, there's fire. There's been too much smoke over the last year talking about how he's going to explore his options, right? you going to, he's going to explore free agency. He's going to talk to other teams. You and I both know, especially, I think we're still scarred from what happened a couple of years ago with Kawhi. Whenever the media reports first started coming out about how he was dissatisfied or displeased, I remember you and I, especially, having a conversation about that. And we're like, you know what? Not us, not the Spurs, right? That's never yeah. happened to us. You know what? Whether smoke there's fire. I it's think true. he's going to explore things, and I think he's going to, I think he's going to leave. But I'm okay with it. That's fine.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to be upset with it. I'd. I'd. I'd be a little bit disappointed because I've really come to like Damar. I think Demar's done it. I
1: like him too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guy. I think. Yeah. I think
0: he's just done he's made the best out of a situation that he didn't ask for. Um, Yeah. I I just wonder how much of this would be like, I wonder how much of this would be like, look, I can go chase money. Like neither of his home teams can afford him. Like that's the truth. Unless they're going to do a sign in trade. And I don't know which players off the Clippers or Lakers roster not named LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, or Paul George, like, yeah. you're really going to want for him so the home thing is like i, I don't know it's going to go back to the raptors like i doubt it and then so then it's like you're just going to go to the east and play like maybe he does i i'm not damar i'm not in Demar's head but i would to your point i would make the counter argument just be like hey dude you're sitting here in an organization that needs you wants you mm-hmm. wants a star and they've pretty much been fully supportive of everything that you've gone on in like your your mental health capacity and your mental health advocacy and also you're going to get to play for the first female coach in the history of the NBA. Like, how yes. about a, how about a three Make for 90? So. How about a Make three it for it 90 so. deal and we'll give you a player option on the, on the third year. Like that's the kind of stuff that we're going to see. Yeah. Um, all right. So closing thoughts. How do you want to last minute here? What do you want to see in the last uh, quarter of the season?
1: This is what I want to see. I want to see some competitiveness, right? I want to see the team compete whether they win or lose. I want to see them compete. I want to see a full-blown youth movement. I know we're not going to see it, but I, that's what I want to see. I want to see Devin out there playing consistent minutes, 15 to 25 minutes a night. He should be receiving no less. The fact that he, he, he carried us to that win, that very improbable win against uh, Phoenix the other day. I mean, that was, that was a beautiful Devin game. I think he has major star potential, uh, probably along the lines of Paul George. He has that Paul, Paul George kind of game, right? Long, wow. lanky, uh three and D type, good shooter. Every time he shoots a three, I think he's gonna make it. So he's, I think he's gonna he has hit the weight position. room. I wanna see more Devin. Yeah, yeah, well that what they said that same thing about Kevin Durant, right? That's, Whenever that's he came true. in the league he couldn't bench one fifty, I think. Oof. I mean he's yeah, that he the ball's only ten pounds, uh Hale. <laughs> the ball's only ten pounds.
0: That's a good point. I like it. I like it. Uh yeah. Danny, you're the man. Thanks for jumping on. Um I appreciate you. Oh, great. I loved it. Filling in here. That's Danny Sanders. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Danny Sanders 80. You can follow me at the Hailstone. I'm masquerading as Alfonso Del Quan. There's our timer, which means I have to wrap up here. And don't forget to follow Casa de Spurs um, on our Twitter feed as well. You can follow us on iTunes, um, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where you get your podcasts. We're out there. Um, that's pretty much all for us here. Of course, we did this filling in for our guy, Trace, but um, we'll come back with more of these programs. Excuse us for being a little rough around the edges, but thanks, Danny. Uh, Glad to have you here, and thanks for everybody. My pleasure. Yeah, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Go Spurs, go. Go
1: Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go.